we'll just give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's running, Ken. Mm -hmm. You see numbers running? All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just exalt you right now. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your rest. Bring that down just a little bit for me, okay? Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your son. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We love you, God. We love you, God. Father in heaven, we come to you right now in your son Jesus' name. We come to you in honor. We come to you in praise. We come to you in thanksgiving. For this is the day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. And Lord, today is a day that we can honor you through our words and our actions. And through this teaching, God, we ask that your will shall be done. And we ask that each ear that is here is able to hear. And we ask that each eye that is here is able to be open and see. So tonight, we worship you with our words. We worship you with our thoughts. We give this teaching to you. We hand it over to you, Holy Spirit. You are welcome. Take full charge. Jesus, take full charge. Abba, Father, take full charge of this lesson. Let your spirit, let your presence, let your glory, let your power be on our tongues. And let each person get what they came to get here tonight, which is more of you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We ask you and we thank you of all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so today I've been thinking all day. I'm like, how do you start off a teaching? <laughs> like, in my brain, that was going on in my head. Like, how do you even start off a teaching? So I'm just going to start off with a testimony um, because I wanted to give it last week, but I didn't. So I'm going to just give it today. Um, and it's a very simple testimony, but it's so awesome. And I just praise God because he is amazing. And what he's done in my life is supernatural. Yes. I mean, the love that he has put in me, I can't even, I mean, I look back sometimes and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like he's using me daily. And I'm like, wow, he chose me. Like seriously, he chose me. Like it's such an honor. And um, I believe this is just the beginning and where he's going to take us. I just, I don't know, I'm overwhelmed sometimes with his his love. And um, like that song said, it's the simple pursuit. That's all it took was a simple pursuit to get more of him and to seek him, even when I didn't feel like anything was happening. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, it just amazes me. I'm lost for words, literally. <laughs> Absolutely lost for words. When I worship him. I mean, it's such an intimate feeling that I have, um, just being able to glorify his name. And what I'm doing right now is glorifying him. And um, it's not really about the person up here teaching or the audience. It's really to glorify him and to represent him accurately. So um, we, you know, want to do that today, Lord. We just want to glorify you. Um, we come before you and we just... 
let you know that we are nothing without you, Lord. We are nothing without you, Father. We are your children. We belong to you. And every good thing that you have started, you will perfect. And so, Father, we just thank you for that. Thank you for that alone, that you are faithful and that you are such a good daddy. And so I was going to talk about what Lee taught on Saturday um, and just kind of recap because that, it to me, is so awesome. And I see everyone going through the death and the burial. And I was like, sometimes beating myself up because I'm like, oh my gosh, I see everybody looking like they're in so much pain. Like, am I supposed, what's wrong with me? Why I don't I feel this way? Like, it's weird, you know what I mean? But, um, yes, <laughs> seriously, it does make the difference. And I truly believe that. I'm not afraid of anything that the Lord wants to do with me. I believe he loves me. He is so gentle. So I'm not afraid to die to anything because I've experienced the death and I experienced the reward of dying to that. And so I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Bring the, you know, whatever needs to come out, bring it to the bottom of wherever it needs to go. So um, Lee talked about the burial on Saturday. And she's, the definition for burial is to defeat and to put away with. and we need to be buried to let go of something for commitment and not to go back to old sin. And he's testing our commitment through that. Um, when we are burying something, he's testing our commitment to actually not go back to that old thing. Um, and I just have on here, Jesus wants to possess our minds. Everyone has to go through a war. He will teach you how to be in the war. And through this, we, when we first started nailing everything to the cross, um, you know, I put all my flaws on there. I put all my desires and I gave it to him. And then I went to the word, which was John um, 6, no, Romans 6, Romans 6. And I just read that every single day. I meditated on that. Um, and I believed that wholeheartedly. And so that alone like, I felt that was not a no-brainer for me to even think that I had those things. That scripture is super, that whole chapter is amazing. And everybody should read that if you have not read that. Um, it is awesome. It's just talking about how the same way that Christ died for our sins, it was Romans 6. I believe it's Romans 6. Yeah. Um, the same way Christ died for our sins and he was buried and resurrected, we are resurrected as well we are made in the likeness and image of him so um we're not to stay in that one little box of the death we're to move on just as he did um and death is to bring a new man forth and burial is the sign of movement so john 19 is also a really great chapter um that I would read if I was you guys is also talking about, it's talking about when Jesus was on the cross and when he was crucified and resurrected. And so some really cool things that I saw in there was John, if you can put up John nineteen seventeen, And we just always have to remember that Jesus went through it first. <laughs> like seriously, 
he went through it for us. There's nothing that we're going to go through that we can't bear. Um, but it says that Jesus had to bear his own or and he went bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golitha. Okay. So this was cool. So I started looking up this. And so back then, so now we the cross represents like forgiveness and love and all these amazing things. Well, back then the cross represented, the only thing the cross represented was death by the most painful and humiliating means a human being could develop. That's what the cross represented. They had um, the Romans forced convicted criminals to carry their crosses and that meant carrying their own execution. So I thought this was so cool. And so that's what he did. He carried his own cross. Well, there's also... um, in the, in the word, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's a scripture that says, take up your cross and follow me, which means dying to yourself. It's called absolute surrender. And so I believe that that is something that we did do when we walked through these doors. Um, was it easy? No. <laughs> did I make hiccups? Yes. <laughs> Many of them, things that I would have never thought I would have done, but I continue to surrender. Um, when I messed up, I repented and I cried out to him and he started to change us. I mean, literally overnight. And I mean, the person that I am today is not even compared to the person that I was last year or even when we got married. It's amazing how how he just does this thing. Um, so, yeah, back to dying to yourself. So you have to die to yourself. That's what you're dying to. You're dying to yourself. And I think it's amazing how it's so hard like to die to yourself because you're, you've done this for so long. So you just get immune to it. And then it gets painful to die to yourself. And it's really not even yourself. It's not who you are. So you have to find out who he is so you can know what, like, it's, what I'm dying to is nothing. You know, if that makes any sense. Like, it's not even you. So you're really dying to your old self, shall I say, your old sinful nature. Um, so, yeah, after each time Jesus commanded cross-bearing, he said, can you go to Luke 9, 24 through 25? So remember, take up your cross and follow me means dying to your old self. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? So this is pretty amazing. Um, This is to me saying that we literally have to put away. We have to put to death any of our own plans, our own ideas, our own desires. um, And we have to be willing to face the things that are not of him as well. So I had plenty of desires before coming to know him. Plenty of things that I thought I was going to do, and boy, have they changed. Really, my only desire is his will. Like, I'm, I don't care about anything but what the Lord wants for me. And that is like, I mean, I'm so passionate about seeing his kingdom come that it just brings me to tears. <laughs> yeah, I just want everybody to get to know him because he is nothing but love. <laughs> And we get so wrapped up in our problems that it over it just we just forget about him, and he's awesome, and so yeah, like I said, we also have to be willing to face the things that are not of him, 
So there's things that are in us that is not of him. <laughs> that is the true statement. <laughs> there are so many things. I mean, there were tons of things in me that I didn't know that was in me that had to come out. You know, and there's still little spurts of things that I find every day. Every day is a whole new day. And they have to come out. And once we see them, we have to give them to him and let him do his thing. We find a word to line up, you know, with what is the truth. And we just let him be who he is. Um, and the blessing that we have is that we don't have to do it alone. So really it's nothing to worry about because he is like right there with you the whole time. Um, and he is so gentle, especially when you really surrender yourself to him. Don't try to fight and hold on. It is okay to be okay. Like that's like it is okay to have nothing wrong with you. It's okay to not have those thoughts. It's okay to not be mad. It's it's okay. I sometimes people want to hold on to those negative things because you're so used to it and you're so used to complaining, but it's okay to your day is going great. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I'm having a fantastic day. You don't have to think of negative things to say. That's what the, you know, the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to complain. So yeah. And I have, he will show you what you need. He will show you what needs to come to death so that it can be buried and the new fruit can spring forth. So one of the examples I have on here is shyness. I used to I would call it shyness, but it's really, what would that be? Shame? Shame? Well, I had a lot of shame. There was a lot of things in me that I was just shameful of, and I just didn't think I was worthy to talk about God, to be honest. Um, I'm like, how could I do this and that, and then talk about him? But I had to learn that <laughs> that is the enemy speaking, and um, I am not shy. And that had to come to death and be buried, and I am a worshiper, okay? I am a worshiper. I love worshiping Jesus, and I believe that is the new thing that he brought out. I love to worship him. Like, it is, it's kind of, you know, it's amazing. I saw some man walking down the street dancing, and I was like, he is a worshiper. He doesn't even know it. Like, he was like, seriously, y'all, he was walking down 17, and he was, he was like doing all the little dances. I was like, oh, like, he's not, he is like bold to do that in front of people, and I'm just like, He's a worshiper. It'll happen one day. He'll get switched over. Um, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to speak about God at all. I'm not to talk. I'm not afraid to talk about the goodness of Jesus. And before I was, and so that had to come to death. <laughs> and so there are great things that happen when you allow Him to actually take full control of your life. And um. Okay, so when you come to follow Jesus, you may okay, you may face the loss of friends, family, reputation, reputation or career. But it's okay cuz you have to commit to love him more than anything else in your life. So it is okay. Let it go. Seriously, it may be actually tough. I mean, I'm not I don't want to be insensitive, but it is okay. You have to love him more. Who's seen Fireproof? Did y'all all see that? That movie's awesome. And my favorite part is when he put the little note on the computer and said, love you more. Like that, go, that is in my head. Love you more. We have to love him more than our thoughts. We have to love him more than our desires. We have to love him more than anything. Our family, even our babies. I know that may sound kind of like I don't have a child yet, but we have to love him more. We have to love him more than anything. And sometimes that could be hard, but 
the more you get to know him and experience his love, you want to love him more than anything. Um, okay, so we wrote down a couple of um, bullets or important things from John 19.38, John 19.39, and John 19.41. And it was just significant things that happened as they were about to crucify Jesus. And so John, in John 19:38 they came they came to take the body with fear but with the proper permission and under here I have fear that was turned into faith. Um so that was like one of the nuggets that Lee threw out and then in John 19:39 it said there were okay so they did a custom where they put oil and um spices and it was a custom to the Jews when burying. Well I believe wholeheartedly that the Lord gives us, there's custom things that he gives us to go through things, shall I say. Um, and you get those things by seeking him. I mean, I, when we were going through the old man's characters, I know I was still having some thoughts. I was trying to capture them. Um, not really bad thoughts, but I just knew I'm moving on to the new man. I don't need to be thinking about those things. And I was seeking him, and he told me exactly what he wanted me to do to execute his plan, which was just write the old man's characters out and then underneath that, write the new man's characters. And so I visually saw it and every time I would get a thought about, oh, you need to lose some weight, I would say, no, I am perfectly made in God's, or whatever, you know, I line it up with the word. <laughs> and so he gives you what, he, he knows what is best for you, but you won't find that if you're not seeking him. You have to open up your word and spend time with him. Um, that is a major thing to do. And then in John 19:41, they placed him into a new tomb nearby. Um, so I just have to say that the new thing is nearby. We are in a season of rejoicing because we are losing spots, gaining faith, and transitioning into love. Repent and change the way that you think. And that's anything you're struggling with. He knows already what you're struggling with. Just continue to give it to him every day. If you feel like you didn't conquer it that day, it's okay because something is happening in the spirit. You can't see it, but it's happening. Um, and Joshua 3, 5 says, Jesus is the sanctifier of our souls. We must sanctify ourselves during burial season. Our souls must be sanctified by Jesus. And during this time, we must praise him, trust him, pray for our leaders, and commit to the process. So, we have to commit to the process. Don't abort the mission. We have to commit to it. We can't be halfway in, halfway out. We have to commit to it. And so I wrote this little note on here. I thought it was really cool. It says, we must strongly believe that we are free, sons and daughters, of the new covenant. We are free. We are free. Just put that in your head. We are free. I believe. I mean, that is also makes me happy. And not slaves of the old covenant. We must do whatever it takes to embrace this truth of who we are, walk in it, and come to know it as our reality. So we have to embrace the truth, like the truth, which is the word of God. That is the only truth there is. There is nothing out there that is going to do what he can do for you. So you just have to know the truth. And you got to know that's who you are. And you actually got to walk in it. So if you are having any struggles with anything you need to go to the word that is your answer period point blank I mean that is your answer I have all these friends and I just give them tell them to read the bible 
I don't really have advice anymore. It is him. He is my icon. It's so awesome when you start to develop a relationship with him because you can just send everybody to the word. Like he, like he'll do. I can't do anything for you, but I can tell you who can. And so it's awesome because one of my our friends, she called me the other day and um, she's pregnant, and she was thinking about having an abortion. And I was so blessed that she called me and asked me for advice. And so I was like excited because I already, I know the word, I know the truth. Um, and I was in the world before, so I know that truth too. And I know there's tons of people that are going to be in your ear telling you negative things on what to do, what not to do. And I was just blessed that she called me, honestly. I mean, I've been down that road and I've actually had an abortion before. And a lot of people don't know that, but she knew that. And so the Lord used that time that that happened for her to call me and to save a life. So I thought it was awesome. And I was able to just give her my testimony, even though she knew it. She didn't know it to its fullest. And so I gave it to her. And I mean, it was awesome. I was able to tell her to just pick up the word because the guy isn't doesn't want to be in her life. And I just got to tell her, you know, she has to get in tune with her daddy. And he's going to be there through the whole thing. And he wants to be there to love on her and the baby. And I know the enemy is tries to trick people and think like, you're going to be by yourself, do it all along. But nope, we are not by ourselves. He is right here with us every moment. And so I just praise God for that because when he uses you, it is an awesome feeling, especially when you when you know you possibly saved a life. Um, it is a blessed place. And so, yeah, we just have to know who we are and we have to walk in it and we have to really know that we know that we know that we know that we are his, and that is the only way that we can pass on love and freedom. All people want is love. They want to be loved. That is it, seriously. And you can't give them a false, phony love. You got to give them his love, you know? And if you don't know his love, how can you give his love? So I just encourage everybody to just stay in the word and continue with your intimate relationship with him because he is I mean, he is awesome. I don't even know. I get excited when I talk about him. I, I don't know. But he's good. He's good. And I think all of you know that. And I don't know. I'm excited for all of you guys because you all are going to be up teaching and spreading the good news. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. People are going to, mm, they're going to be changed. But he's going to use us. So we should just praise him. Seriously, they're going to, I mean, but we can't be in our little mess. We got to. Get out of the old way of thinking, bury that thing, and move on. Move on. Like, who wants to stay in a funk? Like, ooh, I don't. I don't. Just move on. Let it go. Let it go. Look behind you. I keep saying that, but let it go. I I love you guys, and I do want to see everybody just progress in him. I mean, I know the growth. I mean, Jean, I don't know. If, oh, my goodness. I mean, I love you guys. Y'all are some awesome leaders. Y'all are, and I don't, I don't know. I just love you guys. <laughs> Seriously, I do. I love everybody, but y'all are awesome. Y'all are so patient, so gentle, and I'm just thankful. And I, I'm like, oh, my gosh, God sent me here. Yeah. He sent me here. This is an awesome place. <laughs> yeah. And he said he chose us to come through these doors. Like, that's all, because this is, this ministry is like, I don't even think people understand sometimes what this ministry is. And so for him to be like, you're you're in here is very few, I believe, places that are like this. Um, so 
So I don't know. It's going to be cool once everybody actually matures and we come to that unity and more people come into the door and are changed. That is the main difference, being changed. Like, I am changed. Seriously, I am changed. My mindset is totally different. Like, it is just different. It is, like, his mind. And I, I feel my soul being renewed. That is the coolest part. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, my soul is being renewed. Seriously. Like, you know, your spirit is, like, it's there. It's done. But, like, once your soul really gets renewed, it's like, all I want is him. Like, I love him. I want to worship all day. I call Brooke. That is my sister. I can't wait till she moves back down here. Seriously, we're going to be some worshiping twins, and we're going to be, yeah, God is going to use us. It's going to be cool. I had me, I had us in a dream, and we were doing some missionary work. It was awesome. It was awesome, and we were, like, helping the youth, and I don't know. It was good. He just loves us. I'm sorry. I can keep talking about his goodness because he's good, and, yeah, you have something to say? I'm sorry. I love you guys. I don't know how I would follow something like that. I just want to say two things before I get started. <laughs> I just got to give God all the glory for what you see right here. Because um, it amazes me. It does. God can do anything. Yes, he can. He is good. And I, I think back and I say, wow. And this is how I'm going for God through this testimony. Because Tori is just a reflection of time spent with God, truly surrendering and allowing God to change you. I think it's funny how man get in there and we start messing stuff up. And the moment we step off, God can really do his thing. But I sit back and I, I just look at the love that God has poured out on her, the transparency. She can't even contain it. Mm -mm. She can't. And that's God's goodness. The ability to confess and profess your love for the king without shame. This says in a word that those who believe in Christ, there is no shame. So if you have shame, are we truly believing in Christ? So I'm so proud of you. you. Oh, and it's so funny because she was uh, like, yeah, so we need to like kind of, you know, tag team this thing. And I'm just like, uh, I think you're supposed to teach. But you see, you see how she got up here in faith. She just started speaking out of what her heart had in her through her notes. See, God going to put you in a place to where he's going to push you gently to do the things that he has called you to do. And the more we get up and move in faith, the more his anointing can get on you the more you can start to flow in what he's already called you to do. And it'd be like, you know, it'd be like muscle memory. Even though you've never done it before, you feel like you know how to do it. So the more and more she gets up here, the easier it'd be for her to go. So you see how she got out of her notes. She was able to be free in what God has already told her in her heart. So I'm proud of you, and I know God is proud of you. Oh, and the second thing, so the first thing is I just give God the glory for his transformation. Of this woman. And the second thing is, this is my glory. Yeah. Awesome. So, yes, the moral of the story was I don't know, I feel like I'm a little bit of. Oh, I'm, I'm going to close it out. Okay. I got it. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I have, I have a moral. She's trying to. God already gave. There is a moral in it. And the Lord gave it to me. And, um, no, He did. You can, uh, I would love if you if you want to stay up here. Okay. Um, 
Can you give me Romans 6, 3? And then we're going to go through this New King James Version. And what Tori is talking about, it talks about Christ's death in this thing. And this process that we've been in at the ministry, we just came out of the death season. Okay? So now we're in the burial season. We have three months, but it won't ha- we don't have to use three months. We can bury it and enter our rest early. Okay? So Romans 6, 3 says, or do you not know that as many of us, excuse me, as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. That says that if we're baptized into Christ through his life that he gave us, we're going to have to partake in the death that he had. Okay? Can you go to the next verse for me? And then it says, or do you not know? Meaning some of us did not know that we're going to have to go through this process. This uh six four, please. Yep, just go to the next verse. And then we're gonna go, we're gonna get to something. It says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in the newness of life. So when we die, just as Christ was buried, when we bury the things that that are not a God, or the things that God has asked us to bury, whether they be the promises the desires, or the sinful, the old man's nature, we're going to walk in the newness of life, okay? Next verse, please. And I got some things practically that's going to help some of us in this season of burial. Steps, and I got it from Tori because, man, she hears from God, and then when she hears from God, she moves. So what we don't want to do is take time when we hear from God because then deception can step in. And when deception takes in, when deception steps in, it can take us a lot further away from God's plan than it can bring us to God's plan. We always end up back in God's plan, but we want it in grace, not in misery. Okay, so as for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. That's our promise. If we decide to go through this process, we're going to be resurrected. There's going to be a resurrection. And when Christ resurrected, he made a public spectacle of Satan and enemy. So everything that Satan has tried to take away from you, that tried to put shame on you, all these different things that Christ has done in your life, I mean, that Satan has coerced you to do through inceptions of lies and inceptions of deceit, all these different things, in your resurrection, Christ will be glorified, and you're going to make a public spectacle of the enemy. Next uh, scripture, please. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That's what it was in the death. If we identified what we needed to uh, crucify, that was our old man. That is no longer us. Tori had a great revelation, and I would love to hear your feedback on it. But after we nailed this, if we're in the burial season, that's already done. We could take that off the cross. That's faith. Knowing that it's already been completed before we see it manifest in the natural. And setting the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And this newness of life, through identifying and burying the old man, the old way of thinking, everything that is not of God, we're no longer slaves to those things. The thing is, what, what Satan wants to do is keep you in bondage through ignorance. He keeps you out of the word. He keeps you out of pursuing God through whatever you want to say it is. But if you don't know what the truth is, you can stay in ignorance and you can stay in bondage. 
But if you pursue the king, he's going to show you everything before it happens. And in that, you can say, well, this isn't a God. And it says the greater one that is me is greater than he that is in the world. And who that is in the world is the one that is influencing you to do the sin. So when you have knowledge, you can, not only can you defeat the enemy, but you can storm his camp. You can storm the, the gates. That's what praise and worship does. You meet him right in his face and say, you can't win this battle. This battle's already won. It puts you in a new perspective. So we should no longer be slaves to sin. What is sin? We all know what sin is. It's knowing the right thing and not doing it. And I'm going to say something about that a little later. It's anything that is not of faith. It is lawlessness, and it is missing a mark where God has called you to, where the mark that God has marked you out to walk. Okay? Romans 6, 7, please. For he who has died has been freed from sin. There are some things that we all battle in life, and we don't understand why we can't have the victory. That's because we were putting life on that sin through, um, through lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, and through disobedience, and we haven't died to the old man. So if you have truly died, you're free. And if you're free, you have a choice. The thing is, sometimes we don't feel like we got a choice. Why do I keep doing this thing over and over again? Gene calls a repeat, a repeat performance. And it's just the funniest thing because we know we go through those cycles. Why do I keep doing this thing over and over again? And I hate it. I hate the way I feel after I do it. I hate the way I feel. But it's not you feeling it. It's the agreement that you have with the enemy inside of you that is feeling that. And you want to break free, but you just don't know how. Romans 6, 8, please. It's, the time to die was last month, y'all. All right, we're in burial. It says, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And where is Christ at? The right hand of the Father. Everything subject to his power and his authority. Okay, so you can live in power and authority with Jesus Christ if you have truly decided to let that old man die. All right, I think that, go to 6-9 six, six, for me. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Okay, so the last time we spoke, the Lord had us identify some things, things that needed to die, things that we needed to get ready to bury in this season, okay? Um, you can take that off now. And the Lord was ministering to me this past Saturday. And I had an experience of God in the pre-worship. And it was hard because I've experienced God's love. I experienced the Father's love before. But this was a different outpour. And it came unexpectedly. It was, I didn't know it was going to jump on me like that. And as God was pouring his love on me, you know, God prepares you for something tough you're about to hear. He was pouring out his love on me. And he spoke a word to me. And then the fear of God came on me. You know what the fear of the Lord is? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And not to do anything that would offend him. Okay? So in this house, we have knowledge through the teaching. We have understanding through the teaching. And God was <laughs> speaking to me, and I hate even saying it. Um, but when we decide to disobey God, even though we have knowledge and understanding, that is knowing the right thing and not doing it. And that offends God. 
And you don't have the fear of the Lord if you are willing to do something like that. And what God was ministering when, when the fear of the Lord came upon me, he said that <laughs> there's no more time for games. I'm not a hellfire and brimstone <laughs> evangelist. I'm not. I'm one of the ones that you. I, I like to talk and be happy. I like to speak about God's goodness. But I believe how serious this is. Because in this body, a leg can hold the whole thing back. A finger can hold the whole thing back. And God was saying, if we don't get it right, some of us can die. Simple as that. So we really have to identify. I'm, I'm talking about a natural death. There are, there's always going to be a spiritual death. That's painful too. But the word I heard was death and it tied me to the natural because the agony I felt. And you could take it as a spiritual death too because I felt a spiritual <laughs> agony death before. But when God gives you something that strong, you know that he's really about to do something. He doesn't want anyone to miss it. Don't allow fear to jump on you because you're getting knowledge. You're getting understanding here. And you have freedom here to move in God's grace. You're not held to a stick. You're not held to a sword to do the right thing. That's not freedom. Freedom is allowing yourself, is <laughs> the leadership allowing you to go through your hardship to learn the glory of God, to learn the love of God, to learn, to learn the character of Christ. But if you know the right thing and you don't do it, you're subjecting yourself to the enemy's power. That is deception. Okay? But I know we didn't do that because last, last time we spoke, we had already identified those things. Okay? So in that, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is knowing the right thing. Excuse me. The fear of the Lord is hating evil and not doing anything that would offend him. What offend God's is disobedience. You know what God asked you to do and not doing it. That's blatantly saying, God, I know you're God, but that doesn't matter to me. Okay? All right, here we go. At this title, Re Repent and Repentance. In this season, the season of burial, we must repent from the old man's way of thinking, the old character. As we just read in Scripture, that man no longer lives. The word repent means to change your mind, to change your thinking. What we change our minds to is the word of God, the character of God, which is Jesus Christ. He is the mind. He's the soul of God, Jesus Christ. That's what we change our mind to. In order to understand and know what the mind of Christ is, you must get in the word. And I would speak specifically about the epistles, the letter to the churches. You want to get changed? You want to grow up in God? Read those books. It's Romans, Corinthians, uh, Ephesians, all the books. Most of the time it started with, brother, I come to you in the love and it, what the man say? But he said, I come to you in love right before he's about to teach and discipline. It's Paul, the apostle Paul. Okay, so it says, what are we changing our thinking and minds to? It's the mind of Christ and it's God's word. So we already identified what we needed to repent from last time we spoke. Okay, if you're, in, if you're in a season right now and you're still feeling a lot of pain, that's because the old man is already dead and you're dragging a corpse with you and it's wearing you out, okay? So if you're still in a season of pain, I'm not saying that in this season you won't experience pain, but if there's a pain that is attached to your joy, your new walking out with God, 
The old man is still in activation. He is still alive. Okay? So I wrote some things down. So repent means to change your thinking, to change your mind. Okay? And we're changing it to the mind of Christ and God's word. We already identified it, what we should, uh, what we should repent for. I have some examples here. Okay? So some things I know I wanted to repent from, from the old man's way, I want to think differently on and use God's word is the image of myself, the way I look at money, my relationships with people, the wrongs that have happened to me in my life, and other things. I'll put et cetera there. You can put whatever you want there. We all know what we need to change our mind on because we already identified it. And what we need to change our mind on did not line up with God's word. So for, for instance, like Tori was saying, if she keeps saying, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight. That could be a fact, but it's not the truth because she was already made perfect in God's image. Now, if God put the desire in her heart to lose weight, what does she really need to change her mind on? It can be what she's eating, which is not edifying the Lord. It could be, you know, how she's taking care of her body, not getting enough sleep, not eating the right things, things like that. You see where I'm going with changing your mind. All right. The way we look at money. So powerful, man. So powerful. We look at money as a means of living, okay? Money is a resource in God's kingdom. Money is truly a seed, okay? We have to renew our mind on that. Money does not have a hold on us. God created all this. Don't you think he can give me 20 bucks? Don't you think he can give you $20,000? Don't you think he can give you 20 million? We should, because he done did all this, and he did it just by speaking, okay? All right, it says, once we have repented, we must walk out repentance. All right, what is repentance? Repentance, let me get my phone, baby. Repentance is this. It's a sincere turning away in both heart, mind, action from your own self to God. All right, and I have another definition of it right here. Repentance is a sincere Turning away, which we should already be in this right now in this season, in mind, heart, and action from self to God. In this season, we shouldn't even be looking at ourselves unless it's in the new man's way, Christ's way. Okay, it's not a self-analyzation, a self-analyzation period. It is a God period. This is what's really going to move your mind off yourself to Christ. Your mind off yourself to God. Say, I'm not even focusing on my situation, how I look, you know, anything, my finances, none of that. I'm focusing on you. What you focus on is what God's word says. Okay? Let me get this other definition of repentance. Okay, repentance is the action of repenting. (laughs) All right, sweet. All right. In repentance, we must find the word of God. That applies to that area and apply it. Repentance is an action word. Repentance is faith in action. Okay? To repent is faith in heart and mind. That's what it is. It's a mental thing. It's a soul thing. To repent is a soul thing. Repentance is an action thing. Okay. So I'm going to give you... So my first thing was my image of myself. 
Can you give me Genesis 1, 26 and 27? We're, we're moving from our old way of thinking, which could possibly, I need to lose weight or, you know, I don't like my situation or, you know, I don't, whatever it may be about the old thing I used to think about. And I'm replacing it with the word of God now. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Yes. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And right there just tells me I'm made in God's image. I'm made in God's likeness. That should remove any shameful feeling, any lie that's ever been told to you by Satan or by people used through Satan. And it says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created it. You have dominion. You're made in the image and likeness of God. So when any thought that comes that is contrary to this truth, you have the word and you have the new man's way of thinking, which is the new man's way of thinking is Christ's way of thinking. It's the mind of Christ. And it's giving me Psalms 139, 14. We're almost done. This is this uh, 139.14. This is practical. This is things that we can do in action that's going to help build faith and that's going to help build us in a new place with God. See, there are two types of faith in the Bible. There's a faith that just believes and there's a faith that moves you. Okay? So we have to combine both of this in this season to progress in God. Okay. This word says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the one you're thinking about. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Okay. In God's eyes, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And some say some inscriptions or some says perfectly made. Okay. The way we look at money, this is my second point. Can you give me 2 Corinthians 9, 10? Remind you, we're looking at things different. We're looking at things how God will look at it, which is according to his word. Okay? So I had to change the way I was looking at money. I can't look at money as a means of life, a means of survival. The word says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. There's two things happening there. I'm now looking at money as seed to be sown, and to peak, man, God gave me this, and it was so wild. We can look at money so backwards and wait for money to come to us, but we can't get money and utilize it the right way because we don't have the knowledge of what it really is, okay? So we're going to sow seed, right? God wants you to sow seed. We're not even looking at money as money anymore. We're looking at it as seed in people's lives, in ministries, and even businesses, Ideals that you have. Are you even sowing into your own life? The one thing God has birthed in you or put in your heart. We got to look at it as seed, not a means for life. Are you willing to take a step in faith and sow into somebody's life? Sow into a ministry that you believe in. And even sow into an idea that God gave you. Okay? So it says, now that he may, now he supplies the seed to the sower, which is us, and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. So when you sow, he's going to multiply it. And he's going to increase the fruits of your righteousness. That means he's going to increase the relationship through your sowing of that new seed, no longer money, the seed that you have. 
He's going to increase in relationship with you. He's going to take you to higher levels of him, higher, higher realms of understanding, higher realms of knowledge, higher realms of revelation through your sowing. So money has so much more power on it than we even believe and we even know about. But we got to change our mind on it. It's not just to pay bills. We use it to do that. That's the world system. But God uses it to invest in people, invest in lives, invest in businesses so that his kingdom and his covenant can be established on this earth. Okay. Relationships with people. This is a, such a great scripture. Can you give me Titus 1.15? Me and Tori were talking about this. The one thing you don't want to get caught up in in your growth with God is spiritual. Um, the word is, well, you think you're too good? What's that? Pride. Spiritual pride. To the, to the pure, all things are pure. Are you looking through God's eyes when you look at people? To the pure, all things are pure. This is how you can test maturity. Because you can be accelerating in God, but you can start pointing the finger and seeing everybody's wrongs. And that's not being pure. Because it says, to the pure, all things are pure. Now, so you can see somebody going through a deliverance. You can see somebody dabbling in sin, and in your soul, you don't even say it out loud, you can be judging them. And have you just removed God from that equation, from that situation in your soul? This is on relationships with people, okay? Because some of us have relationships with people, and we're annoyed by them. We get angry with them when they come around us. We do. But God's saying, don't look at them like that. Look at them through my eyes. And I'm telling you, God will start ministering to you. And there's going to be opportune time where God releases you to speak a, a, a faithful word to them, a word that he already gave them. And in that moment, God can use you to bring them to a higher level of understanding. I'm telling you, when you have moments with God, with people, and you know God is using you, that changes your life. You start, oh, God really is real. All that doubt will start going away. I can't believe I heard that and I said it and it was true. And no one ever gave you a, a clue about it. So we must start looking at our relationships people, with people purely. So that means we need to identify what the relationships are in our life. That's what that is. Because sometimes we take them through a defiled eye. Boy, I did it. <laughs> I love it, man. I was telling the story of my ex-wife. The first assignment was salvation. And that was not my, that's not what I wanted. I looked through defiled eyes. Took me 10 years off track with God. And right before I met her, I was, I was pressing, I was 14, 15, pressing in God. It was unbelievable. I didn't have the mentorship to help me hold on and choose God, but I still had his truth through his word. And I chose the what would have been the old man's way of thinking. It was still that man's way of thinking back in that time. And it took me to 2013, 14. And you really think about it till this past year to get back right with God. It's wild. But I didn't look through pure eyes. I looked through the eyes of the flesh, and I got all dabbled in. I got married, and it was wild. And then it took me through the hardest time of my life. Could have killed me. But God is good. He's great. He can be with you in all things. Your worst situation, just ugliness, if you hold on to him. And it says, to, to the pure, we are the pure through Christ. All things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. That's wild. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. 
What I do with that water? Is that it? Oh. So, in relationships, are we renewing our mind to see them as Christ sees them? I mean, sometimes you meet a new guy or gal, the first thing shouldn't be, oh, man, that's a hot man pajama right there. <laughs> telling you, what does God want me to say to them? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm in my eyes. Men know about this. I don't know about women. Have wondering eyes. Want to look at everything that moves. And God was, this was a while back, and he was kind of just ministering to me about every gift that I've given you, Satan tries to prostitute. Or Satan prostitutes till you come to the knowledge of Christ. And you can see an attraction in a woman from a male's perspective and just construe that the way you want to. But I was believing that God could be illuminating that person through attraction to bring his kingdom forth. And what we do through not an unrenewed mind is we use the gift that God gave us or a moment that God illuminated something to us for our own gain. And that's a sad thing. That's also a lack of the fear of the Lord, knowing the right thing and not doing it. Knowing God is telling me to go do something for somebody and using that moment for my own gain. It's terrible. So relationships with people, let's start seeing them purely. And the wrongs that have happened to us, I love this scripture. Can you give me Romans 8.18? So what you can take home is something practical to move you forward in this season. Because the moment you, man, I got an excellent testimony about that. The moment you decide to choose Christ, it's like the one step you take, it's like he's taking a hundred for you. It's, it's wild. Me and Tori went running this morning. And I told her two weeks ago, I said, we got to renew our minds. We got to renew our minds. We got to renew our minds. I, I, I would always say, I hate running. I hate running. I hate cardio. I was saying that all the time. Last two weeks, I've been saying, I love cardio. I love running. And the first time I went running, it hurt. It hurt so bad. I was like, God, I don't know if I really love this. <laughs> You're going to really have to change my mind. We went running this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise God that we just, Tori's like, hey, you want to go jogging? I was like, yeah, let's go do it. There was no pain. There was no suffering. And I ran a whole mile. I ain't ran a whole mile like, like the whole time in maybe two years. And we did it. And I said, wow, man, just from renewing my mind, just from speaking something differently. He gave great. I'm talking about ten, uh, it had to feel like it felt like a thousand steps from the last time I went running that he like really pushed me. to. I was like, OK, this thing, this is it. So think about what you could say to help renew that mind so God can just step in and do what he needs to do. I think that is awesome because I was like, I hate car. I don't want to do cardio. I hate, I just want to lift weights. That's all I want to do. And I said, Lord, I need to renew my mind. I started saying, I love cardio. I love running. Man, it felt good today. It felt good to accomplish something like that that you ain't done in a long time. And it wasn't in, in, in the law. It was really in grace. I wanted to do it. All right, Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. This is under the wrongs that have happened to us. Okay, so some of us have already been wronged. And it's in the past, but we're still holding on to it. So it still is the current time. And some of us had just gone through something. And God is saying, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to and compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And some scriptures say on us. Okay? I have to renew my mind to what situation I am in. If it is a hard season, this is the word of God on it. What I am going through now is not even compared to the glory that I'm about to walk into. 
So I had to take that perspective. Oh, God doesn't, he doesn't care for me. Satan has full reign on my life and, you know, ain't nothing, it's nothing moving in my life. That's not, that's not the truth. The new truth is what I'm going through now is not going to be compared to the glory. And think about how many hard things we've been through. Some have been close to death in life. Think about how much glory you're going to have. It says it can't even be compared to it. I don't know if that's a hundred thousand, a million fold glory. Give me Romans 28 real quick. What's our time looking like? 828, sorry. We're almost done. God is good. See, what I noticed is, as in the marriage covenant, two people, because sometimes you can have a person that's on a high in the marriage covenant and somebody that's on the low, and then it switches. But when they both start trying to level out, it's like a supernatural grace kicks in. And I, I'm not saying don't spend three hours in worship. I, I suggest everybody gets in the presence of God. But it's like in an instant, because both people are sowing in the, in the spirit, man, it's like you're elevated to a whole. It's like revelation flows supernaturally. It's wow. You don't got to spend a lot of time. You should spend a lot of time. You should. I don't want to say don't, because in this season, you're going to have to spend a lot of time. But like I said, in this season, God is bringing a grace where you take one step to him. He can bring like a thousand steps, man. And it's it's powerful. All right, Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together to good for the good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Everything I'm in right now is working for good. That's the word. Give me Romans five, three and four, please. This is what you should do. What areas in my life have I repented from? And what's the word of God on it? And how can I walk in action? How can I walk in faith and action to see the, the fruit of that? What can I do in the change of the mind and change of action? If it's money, ask God who can I give to, regardless of your situation. How can I sow seed? And watch and blow, blow your mind with that. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character, character, hope. That's another thing. So if you're in a tribulation, it's producing godly character in you. All right. Those are just a few scriptures. You can really dig in deep. And Tori amazes me. She'll get a word, she'll write it on a note card. She hears, and I'll tell you, we had these meetings in here. She heard, write it on a note card. We got like 100 note cards around the house. You can't even go in the fridge without reading 20 scriptures. They're in the car everywhere. They're all over the place. So it's like, she heard that, she received it. So the word is ever before our face. So what you can do is find the areas that I just repented from, find the word on it, write them out. Keep them close to you because those thoughts are going to come in this season. I am telling you, man, Satan's going to try to do his best to resurrect that old man that you just buried by faith. We buried him by faith because in the next season, which is rest, God's going to take over. And it's going to be so easy to stay in the new man's character, to stay in the new man's way of thinking. All right. In this season, to take on his mindset, we must take on his mindset and allow him, God, to renew our minds through his word and his ordained test. Because in the next season, which is the rest, the rest season, we should be resting in the new man that just came forth 
and not striving for dear life to hold on to this new man. In this rest, God takes over and he starts to work on our behalf in all the areas of our life where we just walked out repentance. Repentance is an action word. Okay. God can take over anything. But he's going to take over where you put your faith in action at in this next season. So what I wanted to do was write everything out because I want God to be in full operation in my life in every area. Okay. Jesus is Lord over his word. Put the word, apply the word in every area of your life where the new man should be. And he will Lord over it in your rest season. That means it's going to be easy. It's going to be grace to keep that mindset. We should not be striving. Oh, man, what is that scripture on, you know, this thought? It should be grace and the rest. Then it says the supernatural grace, God's divine intervention, takes place and kicks into gear in hyperdrive. This is now what's going from rest into the resurrection. Takes us to places we have never been before. With this new man in place, with God's character in place. That's what we really want. So we're in the burial season. You can take it tonight. You can bury everything tonight. I know we all been burying, <laughs> but we can, we can bury it tonight into our rest. Practice walking out the new man's way of thinking. Now we're in repentance, not just in the repent part of it. We're in repentance. And then we're into that rest. And watch God start doing things in our life because we've chosen him. And outside of that, we're going to enter into that resurrection where it's just going to be like an outpour of God doing something in our life he's never done before. Whether that be an uplifting relationship, a change in finances, a change in relationships. I believe some people are going to get married this year. Um, and just an overall goodness of God coming forth in your life. Because some of us still need to just encounter God's love. That can be your resurrection. When I encounter God's love, it changed my life forever. People don't even recognize me. And I laugh. I think it's good. There was a, something that got handed off to one of our administrators. And it says, how do you know you're a disciple of Christ? Man, this list, I wish I had this list. It is so powerful. But it, it, it has like 12 things on it to, to identify how you know you're a true disciple. I think I got to like nine. I got 10, 11, and 12 left. To be sure. To be sure, because there could be some iffy things in your life. But I got down. I was like, man, I got all. It said your, fa- your, your, your family will forsake you. I was like, dang. This is real. I love my family. But they don't understand me anymore. I've lost my mind. That's the truth. I have. I lost my mind. I gained Christ's mind. And it's a process. It's not something that you just step into immediately. It's a process. Gene sent me something today. It says, love the process. That's why I was pointing at you, because Tori is talking about we got to just stay in the process. Tell you, man, I came here and the first thing I heard was do not ask them for anything. Do not ask them for anything. You come here and you say you cannot abort this process. I said, I aborted all kinds of processes, y'all. I aborted <laughs> process in school. I aborted processes in the military. Lord said it ends here. <laughs> this is where I got a picture. And it says fall in love with the process. And then you can fall in love with the results. Sometimes we got to fall in love with what God is doing in our life to really love what the results are going to be. Okay? Let's get that on. It's also important 
to not complain in this dying yes. process, in the burial of the buried season, because flesh loves to complain. Yes. Because the flesh is influenced by the devil. And that's what we're trying to get that influence out and get God's influence on the flesh. So Corinthians says that when we complain, we invite the, the devil, who is the destroyer, <laughs> back into our life. So we actually resurrect him back by complaining. And it's so easy to complain when you're dying. Yes, it is. <laughs> you, you know, somebody in the, in the hospital, they're always complaining. Yeah. And you go in there, that's all you hear. They're complaining about this, mm -hmm. complaining about that. They hurting here, they hurting there. And the whole time they're adding to the problem, the power of Satan to the problem. So what I sent Chris this morning, what I, which I love the, this uh, little saying was, um, uh, where was it, Chris? Failure complains. Yeah. So it's already a failure. <laughs> yeah. And you were talking about money a little while ago. Solomon said money answers everything. Money's not the answer. So money is used by God and by the enemy to give an answer. It's not the answer. It's the influence behind it is the answer. Amen. God is good, right? God is excellent. This is a, a season of new intimacy with the Lord. New intimacy. We can take our focus completely off of ourselves, like blindly, any situation, bills, relationships, you can really just let it go in this season. God's going to cover you because the instruction came forth. Sometimes we're a little afraid because we think God is not in it. God's in it. He's always in it. But now we know that we know we can just let completely go and be freely in God. And then you can see what God is doing. And I believe God rewards in, in so many different ways. So whatever God has put in your heart to show you that he's pleased with you, take note and then stay in that cycle. Yeah, we, yeah, we can do questions. Excellent. This one's on you, babe. Well, uh, my question, I guess, can be for both of you. I want to know, have you ever been in a situation or came out of a situation and God worked it, he worked it out and you didn't realize it as it was happening until after the situation, way after that you, you realized that God did step in? Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much my life. Pretty much our life is, is God's goodness a lot of times. What we're blinded in in those situations is the flesh. We're blinded in our, our current feelings, um, the things that are going on around us, everything that can be hitting us to blind us from what God is truly doing, his goodness, his love, and how he's working. And wisdom, when I was looking at wisdom, is God's perspective on things. God's perspective on things is knowing the end from the beginning. And then God filters in. As we walk it out and trust to him what he's doing. But we got to have trust. So if we ask for wisdom, God said he'll give it liberally without reproach. So we can get a perspective from God about, okay, I know I am now, but God's going to show me where it's going to be. Now through faith, I can focus on God and I can say, okay, this is what God's doing here. This is what God is doing here. And that's how we can learn and grow and walk in God. But God knows everything. He says he knows the end from the beginning. That's his wisdom. That's his perspective. And then we don't know. He knows everything. 
But then as we walk it out and we're choosing God in our process, he'll start showing us, okay, this is what God is doing. It's amazing what the people in here that have been through the process, they see when we're going through our mess. And then after we come out that mess and they know they can talk to us about it, it's amazing how knowledge comes like, oh, my, I didn't even see that. But then that's how you learn. But you got to seek God to get wisdom. And then it says in the word, when you seek the wisdom, he'll give it to you right then. But you have to believe by faith that you received it. Like For me, it's almost unbelievable. I don't, I don't know how to really describe the love that God has put in my life in the past three years. And I've ran away from God a thousand times. And he just, it almost feels like I'm not like searching for God, but he just keeps pulling me. Like, I'm not about to let you go. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. Like when I died yeah. and, and I was revived, not, I don't, I don't mean spiritually. I really did die. So when I had my heart attack when I was 21 and they pronounced me dead, and my dad, you know, revived me. When I came back, that's when I went into celibacy. That's when I lost friends, family, thought I was crazy. Yeah. And, and losing, you know, 200 pounds. And it's like after everything happened, then I realized that that was God. Like that wasn't even me. Yeah. And you, when you said earlier that you guys went running and you felt today that you felt no pain mm -hmm. and you felt... Like, I completely... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I did feel pain, guys. Oh, well... I don't want to lie to you. The first time. But I didn't but... feel pain. He... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to think, oh, <laughs> real quick. I'm, I'm still sorry, feeling pain, clear. but I ain't in my flesh no more. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. I wasn't clear. All in all, um, yeah, God is amazing. He's amazing. And even I, I, I'm seeing... You know, for years, I've been trying to get my boyfriend where I am. And recently, he called me and he said, you want to pray? Yeah. I know. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is alive. <laughs> I said, let me call you back and let me um talk to God real fast. And then we're going to. I had to stop. Everything stopped. I put my son to sleep. Like, I. <laughs> That's when you know that not only God is real, but he's called you. And um, last week, if I could tell this quick testimony, I saved a man's life. This man had a stroke. And he um, he found me on another person's page, mother's page, that followed my fitness page. And he called me and he told me his story, what happened. And I told him, you know, I can't help you if you want to be helped. And he said he was so serious. And I was working with him for the past 